Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the German football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and we'll start off, as we always do, with the match day Bundesliga results. So, on Friday night, we see Nuremberg 1, Schalke 1. Going into Saturday, Stuttgart 0, Bayer Leverkusen 1. Werder Bremen 2, Freiburg 1. RB Leipzig win once again 2-0 against Wolfsburg. Hanover 0, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1. The late kickoff game seen Borussia Dortmund 2, Mainz 1. Into Sunday, where we had three games Hoffenheim 2, Hertha Berlin 0, Fortuna Dusseldorf 1, Bayern Munich 4. That's right, keeping them top of the league by one point. And then possibly the surprise of the weekend the last game seen Eintracht Frankfurt 1, Augsburg 3. So, joining me as always is Manu Vets. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, I've been all right. Um, been a good week, busy weekend, um, as always. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to chat all about it. Yeah, good stuff. We've got plenty to talk about, as always. But joining Manu and myself, as always, Chris Williams. Chris, how are you? Right, very good, thanks. Um, yeah, just like Manu, very busy, but uh, nice to be watching football still. Yes, indeed. You guys have plenty to work on with European games and obviously the domestic ones. But let's start with this match day and the Friday night bit of action down the bottom half of the table. Well, even further than half, I suppose. We had Nuremberg taking on Schalke and two late goals, seen at one apiece. Um, rather a friendly relationship on the field, Manu, but less or so on the pitch. Late drama and, yeah... Not so happy fans, though, when it came to um, Schalke's performance and what they think of their team these days. It has been a bit of a stinker of a season for them. After finishing second and getting into the Champions League last year, they now find themselves fourth from bottom. A bit of a stinker is maybe the understatement of the year when you describe Schalke's um, season. Yeah, um, I thought they were actually a little fortunate, Bryce, to, to walk away with a point there, a very valuable point. I mean, we're going to talk about relegation in general, but I thought I think this is going to be a very valuable point for them um, going down the stretch. But they're just not very good. Um, there's no creativity in the side. There's it is literally just for them about hanging on to hanging out for the dear, hanging on to the dear lives and just getting the season done with. Um, it really feels like that they just want to get the season done with and um, sort of just 
move into next year and, and fix up the mess that is Schalke 04. And it, it is really remarkable how they went from second to where they are right now. And I think it's, it's it, what's really interesting about it is that last year's results didn't necessarily reflect, reflect how strong they were. But I think actually this year's results do not reflect how do not actually reflect um, their strengths either. It's kind of like maybe if you take half, taking a half way, and then that would have been Schalke's overall strength. But it, I think they showed the best of the squad last year and the worst of the squad this year, and it, it, it gets you to where they are right now. And you're right, the Schalke fans were very unhappy. They were singing after this match, except for Alexander Nübel. You can all leave, and um, you know Alexander Nübel, what a goalkeeping talent he is. Um, be difficult i guess for them to keep him because that's the irony about it isn't it bryce that mm. that one player that um they're saying he's the only one that should stay might be the one that's actually going to leave and manu where do we think that he could possibly be going to well you know chris and i talk about this quite privately i, I think there is one club in particular that sooner or later might be looking for a new keeper <laughs> you're playing this very coy I like it but I think we all know who you're referring to uh, Chris um, is that the case I mean you know I said a stinker but Manu said uh, possibly even a bigger and stronger words could be used to describe Schalke's season I mean do, do you think the fans are right that uh, Nubel is, is, is the only one that is really worth anything in this team I, I mean you know, there, there's other players like Weston McKinney. I mean, he comes to my mind. I mean, he's he's a fantastic talent. Uh, would you not agree that there's more than just this one goalkeeping talent in the side that's worth holding on to? Well, they have got some good players, but collectively, um, they've been Scheisser Nordvia more than Schalke Nordvia. So, Manu's quite right to describe them in in the way they have been. Um, I said this about well, probably about six weeks ago now, but Schalke should be thankful that the teams below them are so poor because I, I do honestly think if this was last season, um, I think they would be in real big trouble because although Wolfsburg were poor, I, I think Wolfsburg were better than how Schalke have been this season. So Wolfsburg obviously ended up 16th last season. Um, I could have seen Schalke be in that um, position now. Um, and also, for as bad as Cologne and Hamburg were, they were two decent sides and it could have been all very different for, for Schalke. But yeah, like Manu said, how can you go from being second to fighting relegation? And I do believe now, I think they're safe. I think the gap's too big, but it'll be a terrible, terrible season for them um, to finish, you know, just well, not within touching distance of the title, but as second, the second place team in Germany. And now... You know they will be the the worst team in the Bundesliga um, that doesn't go down, and that's that's saying something. Um, yeah, it's it's a bad one, and and I think the fans are quite right. They they have they've been terrible, but not just a few of them, all of them. Um, and I think they're quite right in their in their summary. Um, the Schalke fans, and they'll deserve more, and they'll want more next season, and whether they get it or not is a different matter. And yeah, Manu's quite right. Obviously, the goalkeeper, I think he is um, a very good future talent. And yeah, Manu and I have chatted before and Bayern are looking for a new keeper. They will need to look for a new keeper. Whether they can pinch to Stegen from Barcelona, I think is almost mission impossible. So the next best would be um, would be to tap up Schalke's young keeper, something they've done before. Just to put this into perspective, Bryce, so this season, they're on 27 points. Last season they had 63. Right now, if you average it out, 
to um, about 50 points, right? If you say, okay, like, let's put the two seasons together and then half it, um, they would finish, they would have probably collected around 50 points. So, so you know, you, you always say the table doesn't lie. And I think the table doesn't lie. Um, it shows the strength of a side, but sometimes it goes over two seasons. And um, over the two seasons, I think they, they're about a 50-point side, you know, which puts them into the Europa League range where they should have been last year. And, it, you know, realistically, even with all the issues going on, they should have also been this year. So, Manu, are you saying that it's more a, a coaching issue than anything else? Or or, or what? what is the problem that they're, they're so poor you this year. 27 points of the 29 games with a side like Schalke's and everything that's went on, I think it's a bit more than just a coaching issue. Um, you know, I think that Tedesco, we, we had our doubts about him. We were all proven very wrong last year and then we were proven all very right this year. Um, was part of the issue uh, in experience. But, you know, Schalke is such a difficult club. It's a very difficult club. It's the third biggest club in Germany by fan base, third biggest club in Germany by um, the amount of uh, registered fans, Mitglieder, right? And it's the third biggest club in Germany by revenue. It's a top 10 European club by revenue, period. It's a, it's a big club. And, you know, to, for them to do to, to, be great one season and poor another season. And this this is not the first time this has happened. I mean, we've had this many, many times. You go back in the history of this club, this seems to be almost the rhythm that they're in. Great one year, bad one the next year. Great again, bad, right? It, it keeps going like that. So when you when you look at it that way, it's like, yes, Tedesco was a symptom, but he wasn't the, was not the reason for what is going wrong by Schalke. And I think that you have to look very deep uh, inside the club and, some teams and some clubs are like that. You know, they run emotionally and that's what happens to clubs that are run emotionally. They they struggle. Um I I try and, I'm sort of trying to think think of like an English equivalent. I can't really come up with one. Maybe Newcastle or one of those sites, right, that are similar in a sense that, you know, they are massive clubs but they just can't get their act together. Yeah, that is a little bit surprising. Last year we thought that they were maybe turning for the better, even though yeah, they weren't the most exciting team to watch, really. Um, Chris, you said that um, Schalke, you think, probably have enough points on the board. A bit of a, well, a big enough gap, really, with that six points uh, between them and Stuttgart. And, and this point kind of helping them once again. Do you think they'll be safe? A terrible season, but in the end, it's going to be all right to, to avoid the drop. Yeah, I do. And although they're six points... Um... Well, you say they're six points into safety. They've also got a much better, um, I say much better, they got a minus 17 goal difference and Stuttgart have got a minus 34. So it's going to take a pretty um, big implosion for Stuttgart to maybe overtake them on the last day of the season if they can claw those six points back um, and beat them on goal difference. That will be some uh, monumental collapse by Schalke. So even though they are six points, they've got that cushion of the um, of a better goal difference. I think that's why they'll stay safe. Had it been close, so if you look at Augsburg and Schalke, they're separated by a point and only separated by two goals. I would maybe fear for Schalke, but with such a better, in inverted commas, goal difference than Stuttgart, um, I think they're safe. But yeah, it's they were they were good last season and they've been horrendous this season. So for their supporters and for everyone um, associated with the club, you'd hope they'd be a lot better next season. And 
the trouble I I fear, I fear for them is they have been dreadful this year, um, and they'll they've got players in their ranks who could be looking elsewhere. Um, I mean, is Sebastian Ruddy at this level? Probably not. I think he could play a little bit higher. Um, Embolo, I think, could probably play somewhere else. Um, Caligiuri could definitely play somewhere else. Bergstaller, who we know, um, he's probably at the right level at Schalke, but there'll be other teams around that will be looking for a good goal scorer and maybe someone um, like one of the promoted sides could could snap up someone like Bergstaller and get them a hat full of goals. I'd rather take my chance with um, Hamburg, Cologne, even Union Berlin if they were to come up next season and stay with Schalke because they they were poor um, this season. Okay, they were all right last season, but don't forget the season before that, they couldn't buy a win for the first six, seven match days. So um, they're not exactly a club that's on the up um, and there's there's talent throughout that. And you've already mentioned Weston McKenney. Is he going to want to stay at Schalke um, when he is arguably the biggest American in the league once Pulisic goes? So he's got quite a lot of weight behind him, as in merchandising rights, etc. Um, if I was his agent, his um, his player handlers, I'd, I'd be looking at trying to get him an improved deal somewhere else. So that's my only fear for Schalke is that and they could lose quite a few players in the closed season um, if if they if they finish where they are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can only imagine that will be the case. Um, Manu, just to very briefly talk about uh, Nuremberg. Obviously, they're sitting in 17th, uh, 18 points. It's been a rough all season for them. They're now three points behind Stuttgart. Stuttgart also lost uh, this weekend. But Nuremberg, th- that's... Two draws and a win in their last three games, unbeaten in three. But they've got Bayer Leverkusen coming up, followed by Bayern Munich. Surely they can't possibly keep that unbeaten run going for one or two of those games. Um, is it kind of game over for them at, the, at this late stage? Um, no, I don't think so. Mainly because Stuttgart have not, are not able to get any results either, right? And it's only three points, and um, they have the better goal differential. That is that is a saving grace at the moment for Nuremberg, and they have been playing some pretty decent football. I actually think they should have won this game, Bryce, because they were the better side. They scored that goal, and it was a well-deserved goal. And then within one minute of them scoring the goal, Schalke equalized, and that's you know that's very unfortunate. I guess that's what happens when you're down down there in the relegation zone and um, they also were a bit unlucky you know with Alexander Nübel who stood on his head to keep Schalke in this match but um, yes you mentioned Bayer Leverkusen you know this is a side that hasn't been very consistent either and then Bayern that's a derby Nuremberg Bayern Munich is a derby it's a big Bavarian derby um, a game that you should everyone should be looking out for there's a lot of history in this match and um, I I know Bayern are massive, they're this juggernaut and all this kind of stuff. And we get to talk to about them in a moment. But sometimes in the derby, all bets are off. And Nuremberg are fighting for their lives now. And, you know, we've seen this season that underdogs can get points of Bayern. Yeah, that's it with derby games. You never know. There, there's um, a little bit of a different atmosphere, isn't there, going into these games. But they're, they're going to need something special, I think to beat uh, inconsistent Leverkusen and then possibly to get anything out of that derby game. But Chris, uh, if we speak a little bit about Stuttgart, as we mentioned, they are third from bottom, so they will go into the relegation playoff. Uh, still yet to know who 
they'll be coming up against. But uh, they've got 21 points. Nuremberg have 18. It It, it is rather close. Um, they failed uh, this weekend to pick up any points. Um, things are looking rather challenging for them as well to uh, possibly go any further than third from bottom. But they've they've got a new sporting director this week. Yes, um, everybody will know this man very well. He's come from Arsenal. Um, Sven Minslap, who was previously at Borussia Dortmund. So they do look like they're getting a good team there. Obviously, they've got Thomas Hitzelberger um, in there as well recently. Um, they've had managerial changes. So I think they're very much planning for next season already. It's just where are they going to be next season? Um, Stuttgart is a, a big city, financially rich and financially stable city, deserved of a, a better football club um, than on current terms. Stuttgart have now, with Minslack coming in, have the ability to maybe embed themselves into a mid-table team. So if they could emulate something like Fortuna Dusseldorf have done this season, um, next season, I think that would be great for them. Dusseldorf currently 10th um, and you know very, very safe now. And, and they've looked a really good side all season. So, yeah, I think Stuttgart very much planning for next year. Um, be interesting to see what uh, Minslack does because he didn't have the best time at Arsenal. But I think he joined an Arsenal side that wasn't really um sorry i think he joined an arsenal club that wasn't really set up the best for him i don't think he had as much free reign as he wanted or thought he'd had in regards to transfers etc and then all of a sudden arsenal weren't signing anybody so there's probably no use in him being there which is why he's moved on but we all know um of the the good stuff he did at dortmund in the past um so yeah good luck to him at stuttgart um, like manu though I, I do fear a little bit for stuttgart because Nuremberg are so close behind them. And as he said, that better um, goal differential by four goals at the moment um, would see them over the line into 16th. But um, I've, I've just got this feeling, Bryce, that whoever ends up in 16th is going to get relegated anyway this season. I think the Bundesliga two sides, um, whoever finishes third is too strong for, for the current teams. Um, and I'll go all the way up to 14th there, I think. Even if it's Union Berlin, I think they turn over Augsburg and Schalke as it currently stands on over a two-legged game. So I think this season we could see all three sides from the top tier drop down. But So, so I don't think it makes a difference for me whether Nuremberg finish 16th or 17th. They're going down. Oh, big statement. Manu, can we get your opinion on that? And whoever finishes third from bottom, whether that's Nuremberg, Stuttgart, Possibly Schalke. Um, how do you think they'll fare in the relegation uh, relegation playoff? I mean, it's it's going to be a close one, but majority of the time, as we know, it goes to the Bundesliga side and they manage to stay up for, well, another year at least. Well, it depends what it's going to be. Um, I look at the Bundesliga 2 standings right now and I see Union Berlin in third. And that's a, that's going to be a difficult opponent. And then I see also Paderborn one point behind Union Berlin. And I can't see Nuremberg or Stuttgart lose to Paderborn. Just can't see it. Um, this is a side that, <laughs> this is a side prize that got relegated from Bundesliga, right? Stay with me here. Got relegated from the Bundesliga. Got relegated from Bundesliga 2, right? Got relegated from Liga 3. But then 1860 lost the license for the third division, right? Paderborn stayed in, got promoted to Bundesliga 2, back promoted to Bundesliga 2, and are now fourth in Bundesliga 2, right? So this is a side that has seen it all. 
And I just, or I guess we're kind of setting ourselves up. They could maybe finish third and then beat Stuttgart. What a story that would be. But I just can't see them being strong enough for that. Now, Union Berlin, um, Chris and I know this club well. We've been to this club. You've been to this club. Um, we've covered them. We're all setting up ourselves up nicely to, to cover the DFB-Pokal final there and then do the relegation playoffs with Union Berlin. That's a completely different beast. That's a team that's been working towards getting promoted ever since we actually started this podcast, right? Remember when we were um, at the Union Berlin game, that was at the final day of the season and they were still looking into getting into those, uh, into this playoff spot. So it really depends. Now, of course, it could also be Hamburg. Um, I, I tweeted this out the other day. Hamburg are in the semifinal of the cup. They could see themselves fall into the third spot, win the semifinal, and then they would have to play three games in five, in five days, um, the, both the cup final and the relegation playoffs. So it, it, I think it really depends on who's in it. But for me, Paderborn or Holstein Kiel was just behind them. I, I just don't think they would be strong enough to knock out a Bundesliga side. The top three, though, Köln, Hamburg, and Berlin, the way things have been going in the Bundesliga, because those, those three teams at the very bottom are very weak, um, I think they would have a good shot. Yeah, rather uh, interesting times it's going to be. It's um, it'll be will be a bit of a change, won't it? If the uh, you know if if the lower league side were to manage to win that and actually come up, but um, well, we'll talk about that closer to the time. Let let's see who's actually in that position first. Um, yeah, Chris, if if we talk a little bit then about Osberg, who's sitting in fourteenth. Massive win this weekend for them. Uh, last game of the weekend, and they managed to beat Eintracht Frankfurt, who had been so good in recent times. Three one. This is a, a massive three points for them. Yeah, it's a it's a really big three points for them. But we've seen them produce this type of display a couple of times this season already. Um, so, although it comes as a surprise, um, I think it's more of a surprise of who it's came against. Eintracht Frankfurt had it been. Um, one of the other sides this weekend, obviously outside of the, the top four. I wouldn't be that surprised by Augsburg winning um, 3-1 away, but at Frankfurt does surprise me. Um, could be due to that, um, the the Europa League, can we call it a hangover? Although I don't think they're out of that at all um, at the moment. I think if you get a couple of away goals, um, you're always in with a good chance. So I don't think that game's over for them yet. I know we're going to talk about that in, in a um, in a bit more detail, but if you lose, um, if you lose a player, you're always going to be um, against it, aren't you? Really? Um, but yeah, for, for Augsburg, it's a great, a great um, result, and it comes at a time when really they're, they're they're struggling for points, and this win has taken them above Schalke, so that's a really good sign for them. I, I do think this makes them safe now, and 28 points. I mean. We're talking 28 points in 29 games. It's not a brilliant season, but they are um, 10 points clear of the automatic relegation zone now um, and seven points clear of that dreaded playoff spot. So I think we can say Augsburg are safe. Um, Well, I certainly will anyway. I think I'll say they're safe. Um, But for Frankfurt, yeah, they could have really done with this win. I think it would have set them up for a big night this coming week. Um, I still think they're set up, but I think it would have been a better bit of a spring for them to go into that, not off the back of two defeats but yeah um, Gladbach winning sort of closes the gap to fourth they're still my favourites I think to take that fourth place but 
Yeah, day to forget and a day to forget in the office for for Frankfurt in the Bundesliga, and we haven't seen many of them this season. So, you know, they are um, still, I think, in that favourite slot to take fourth. They are still fourth, um, but as Manu said all along, there's TSG Hoffenheim just creeping up slowly. Can I can add just one thing that really is kind of surprising, and it, it plays into what Chris said earlier about whoever finishes third last in the Bundesliga would have an uphill battle against the Bundesliga two sides. Um, is the You go up, you have to go to 13th place to actually get to a team that has collected more points than there has been games played, and that's Freiburg, right? Um, that's that's a surprising to me. Usually, I mean, you look at, usually you need 40 points to be safe in the Bundesliga, right? And... Um, None of the clubs in the bottom in the bottom five are, are anywhere close to that. I mean, Augsburg are on twenty eight points um, after twenty nine games, and Chris is quite right. They look safe now. They're seven points ahead of Stuttgart. You can't just see Stuttgart pick up seven points at the moment in five remaining games, and that's that's something that you don't see that often. You know, this, the spread of points is so low, and um, doesn't really speak for any of those clubs being stuck. In that bottom half, in that and the bottom five. Well, well, Manu, Augsburg also plays Stuttgart in the next match day as well. So one of them, you're saying each of them are picking up one point. <laughs> Possibly, but that doesn't really do you know, Stuttgart any favors, yeah, does it? No, it's um, I guess Swabi and Derby, uh, so one to watch. But yeah, I just, I mean, if you any of those five sides, even Augsburg, yes, great win for them, possibly safe. But you know, if you you're very fortunate to be safe with less than 40 points in a season. That's, that's for me, is the bottom line. And uh, as great as the result against Frankfurt was, and as much as that result will hurt Frankfurt in the Champions League race, it's just I just find it interesting that there is a group of clubs that have been doing so poorly. I mean, Fortuna Düsseldorf are mathematically safe now, right? With 37 points, with still five games to play. Even though they haven't even reached a forty-point mark, and that is that's just that's just an interesting one for me. I think if we compare it to last season, if you look at last season's table, um, Wolfsburg finished in that relegation spot, as we know, as Manu and I were both there. But they were on thirty-three points, and there's still five games to play. Um, but that would mean that Stuttgart would have to win all their five to really come anywhere near that total, um, and that is that, that's a big ask. So. I don't know. I don't think the league has been poorer this season. I think outside of the top two, it's been a lot more competitive. And Borussia Dortmund and Bayern, I think, have felt that um, competitiveness because, you know, likewise, Bayern got eighty-four points um, last season. They're not going to get this. Uh, not going to get that this season. So th- there has been a bit more competitiveness in the league, and uh, teams have been taking points here and there off each other, which I think why it's led to such a low points total down the bottom, um, which is why. You know, fourteen points is terrible from Hanover. But if you look at um, if you look at FC Cologne last season, they only got twenty two points. So that's that's pretty much on a the same sort of trajectory that the the very bottom club will be poor no matter what. But after that, the fight for sixteenth or the fight to get out of sixteenth um, is a lot closer um, and and will go. Um, I think to a to a lower points total, maybe one of the lowest we've seen for a while, um, which is very interesting for me because. I think, as we all lament that if Bayern win this, they've won it seven times on the trot. I, I think the competitiveness in the league is getting better, um, but ultimately, it's it's hurting all the teams around 
Um, it's, they're hurting themselves by taking points off each other and not necessarily off the top two all the time. Yeah, Chris, you got a really, really good point because we're going to talk about the Champions League next, right? And currently Leipzig are only nine points off Bayern and eight points off Dortmund. The gap is not big, um, especially with still five games left. When you look at the, the Premier League title race, for example, Liverpool are on 85, uh, one game more than Man City, and Man City on 83. And then you look at the gap below that, Tottenham are on 67, right? That is currently as many points as Bayern have after 29 games. You know, the, the table is tight this year. I mean, the league is very, very competitive. Of course, Bayern are a title contender. They always are going to be every year. They always have been since the inception of the Bundesliga, since they got promoted to the Bundesliga. They've always been a title contender. That's just the DNA. But it's it's really interesting how compact the league is. I mean, you know, the, the Champions League race is currently going down possibly to eighth place. Um that's also remarkable. There's a lot of a lot of things that can still go on in this league. There is, and that was the beauty with last seasons because, um, unbelievably, if you cash your mind back, Stuttgart finished seventh on fifty-one points, Hoffenheim finished third on fifty-five, and they just pipped Dortmund um, into third, who also finished on fifty-five with a better goal difference. But then Leverkusen just missed out on goal difference, and Leipzig just missed out by two points themselves. So. Um, it was it was a remarkable race, and it went down to the wire that day. Obviously, we were we were there last year, um, but yeah, this season it's I think it's going to be the same sort of fight onto that um, that last Champions League place because I do think Leipzig have pretty much got that sewn up now. But they could finish um, even closer to the title than you know, certainly than Schalke did last season, sixty three points, Hoffenheim, Dortmund fifty five, and then as you said, Bayern ran away with it eighty four. So it's a lot closer this season. Um but yeah, I, I still think that the teams have grown stronger, but in essence they've hurt each other, which I think will only make the league stronger in time. But um we want all the sides to be taking points off the top two and the top three to make the title running even closer. I'm glad you mentioned Leipzig because I think this is this is my uh, prognosis for things because I, I saw the Leipzig game against Wolfsburg and they they are very strong at the moment. Um, I can't see them lose another game. I think that Leipzig are going to finish within six or three points of the, the first place team and might still finish third. That's how close I think it's going to be in the end. Does that mean that you think that they'll beat Bayern Munich? I think they have a very good chance. I mean, we've been there three years ago when they had their first home game against Bayern. Um, in the evolution since then, they have only gotten better, right? They had one year where they um, missed out in the Champions League and still finished in the Europa League in their second year in the Bundesliga. This year, they've just been cons- super consistent. I mean, they did drop points against Dortmund, but since they, they dropped points against Dortmund uh, in the Bundesliga, they have been unbeaten in every competition and they just win, win, win win and it's like a winning machine right now against Wolfsburg you know Bryce that game could have ended 5-6-0 they were incredible and I just you know I just can't see anyone defeating them right now and yes if you're a Dortmund fan you're listening to this it's like yeah we already played them so we don't have to worry about them so that's true um I mean we get to talk about Dortmund a bit but I, right now, I can I could see Leipzig just closing that gap as like the top two. I, I'm pretty sure the top two will still both drop points uh, in the final run. I think if we go back to that game that we were all at three years ago, 
I think now this Leipzig team, after you know their first season, if they go four two up against Bayern Munich now, I don't think they get beat five four. I think they've learned a lot in their last two seasons in the league. I think they probably learned a lot um, immediately after that game against Bayern, where they they threw it away in the very last moments. Um, so I think this side has just as much chance as that side of, of taking a lead against Bayern. It's just, I think, this particular Leipzig have got all the nous and all the experience that's come with, what, an extra 70-odd games and the old European games under their belt that they could see out a victory now against Bayern, be it 2-0 or 4-2. I don't think they would slip back to a draw or even a defeat. Well, I mean, Chris, uh, then talking about that, like for next season, um, is it going to be, you know, a bit of a backward step than getting Julian Nagelsmann in. I mean, we obviously know what a great talent he is, you know, in coaching terms and how young he is. But, you know, they're doing so well at the moment. It's almost if, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, technically it is broke because they don't have a coach. We all know Ralph Ragnick can coach, but that's not his day job. His day job is to be the sporting director there. So it is a little broke because they weren't able to, um, you know, get get that transition period that they wanted. I'm, I'm sure that it would have been much better for them to have Ralph Hassenhuttle there and to hand over the reins to Julian Nagelsmann, but that was never going to work. So, you know, they mutually departed. Um, obviously, we've seen how good Ralph Hassenhuttle is with the work that he's doing at Southampton, and he probably could have carried on the good work he was doing at Leipzig throughout this season. So, I mean, it does need fixing because technically it is broke because they don't have a coach. The, the sporting director's doing it who... who quite frankly, can do it. So they're very fortunate about that. Um, I think we'd look next season as more of a transition, but it will be a pressurised transition for Julian Nagelsmann, I think, because they won't have that luxury of going, oh, well, you know, we, we've only been in the Bundesliga a couple of seasons. It doesn't matter if we finish 8th or ninth or 10th. Well, it does because they finished 2nd in their first season. They just missed out on the Champions League, you know, in, the, in their season after that. And, and they're doing uh, they're doing well again this season. So, there won't be that much of a transition. But then again, I don't think Julian Nagelsmann will need much of a transition. I think he'll be working with better players at Leipzig than he is currently with Hoffenheim overall, squad depth-wise and you know position for position. I think there is better talent at Leipzig and the table doesn't lie in their third and sixth. So I think it'll be a stepping stone. I could maybe see some early teething problems, a little bit like Adi Hutter had with Frankfurt. But once he gets his... Um, once he gets his system down and once the players understand the way he wants to play and they all understand each other, I think we'll probably see something similar from what we've seen from Leipzig this season and even um, Frankfurt, sorry, from Leipzig this season and even Frankfurt, is that when you get a new manager, it's not necessarily a bad transition. I mean, look at Dortmund fighting for the title under a new manager. So you've got to get the right person and I think Julian Nagelsmann is the right fit for RB Leipzig. Right, you have to also remember what Leipzig want to do there, right? They, they, they... Red Bull want to dominate the Bundesliga and eventually win the Champions League. That's why they invested the big money in Leipzig. And they're willing to, every once in a while, sell a player because they have to stay within their financial fair play and grow naturally. But they make no mistake, the goal to become a big club in Leipzig, a club that can dominate both in Germany and in Europe, that's the goal there. And they're willing to do it and they, they have the system to do it. You know, there's a lot of talk about Timo Werner and I, I think he's going to leave. The club has more or less confirmed it. But I think they're going to be okay because they're just going to like put in Matthias Cunha, who's 19-year-old and is a massive talent, has already shown that talent. And they're going to just poach whoever is good at Salzburg right now. 
um, or at the new club that they just bought in Brazil and put them up front. You know, you look at Tyler Adams, who they brought in from New York. Boom, straight in, perfect player. Haidara, same thing. They just brought him in, has been playing the system forever. Boom, right away. No transition needed, nothing at all. Does a job very well. So, you know, that that's the ultimate goal. That's where they want to be. That hasn't changed only because they sold maybe Cater to Liverpool or because they are probably going to sell Werner to Bayern or Liverpool or another club. That's not going to change. You know, that goal is still very much there. And I think with Nagelsmann, they're just getting that one step closer. We could we could see a three-way title race next year. And also, Bryce, I think that Leipzig have learned a little that maybe you can't always keep hold of your best players and sometimes it's not that bad actually selling them. You could argue that Leipzig really haven't missed Naby Keita this season. And we all know Naby Keita's a fantastic talent, but they haven't really missed him because they've done better even this season than they had previously when they had him. It's just that the money, the injection of cash that they got in has allowed them to do um, to do more things. And I think that might have been a bit of a turning point for Leipzig because I think they were quite keen to stand stronger. And, you know, we're, we're going to be a big side. We're not going to be a selling side. Bayern don't sell their best players. You know, Borussia Dortmund don't really sell their best players unless Bayern come in and, and, and pinch them or you get a massive bid from a Premier League side. So we want to be like that. And I think they quickly learned that in order to be self-sufficient, if you can sell a player for 70 million euros, 60 million euros, or maybe someone like Werner, maybe even more, although he's only got a year left on his contract, that will um, impact that a bit. But if they can get 60, 70 million euros, then that will help them build for the next two to three seasons. And I think they've worked that out, which with the financial backing they've got as well, will make them a very, very dangerous club for the next few years. I'm glad you brought up that uh, Keita deal, Chris, because you could actually argue that they were very dependent on Keita in midfield last year, right? When they when they didn't finish in the Champions League. And Keita wasn't at, at his best because of the transfer, things going on. Fitness was a problem as well. So they, they looked at this and then they looked at New York and they looked at Salzburg and they're like, okay, we got Haidara there and we got Tyler Adams. They're not one-to-one replacements for Navy Keita. But they can both play that role and they can both play it differently, which actually makes us a better club because now we have two players for the same role that make us less predictable in midfield. And since the winter break, when those two players joined, yes, Haidara missed the first half of the Rückrunde with an injury. But since, since the two players have been there, they have been just a lot better in midfield and a lot more difficult for the opponents to decipher. Absolutely. It's very hard, isn't it, to hold on to those players. Not many uh, teams can, but sometimes it's not always for the worst, eh? Um, But um, RB Leipzig will be playing a Borussia Mönchengladbach in the next match day. Um, Let's talk about the side in between both of them, sitting in fourth place, Eintracht Frankfurt. Not a great result for them, Manu. Um, And even in midweek, we've seen them taking on... uh, or playing in Portugal, taking on Benfica, where they lost 4-2. Still a little bit of hope in that tie, but then was this match day a, a bit of a result from that, a bit of a European hangover that people like to mention quite a lot? I think, you know, it's that result in in Lisbon will have a, would have an effect on what happened on, on Sunday, um, or today, while we're recording, right? 
the, the Augsburg is a difficult place to go, uh, a difficult team to play. Dortmund dropped points against them. Bayern had very had a lot of difficulties to play them, so they shouldn't be underestimated. But Bryce, that game on Thursday, um, I did the match report for Fußballstadt.com, was one of the best football games I've ever seen my entire life. It was it was breathtaking football, and Frankfurt. I think Frankfurt would have won this game if they had played this game with eleven players. Um, they, of course, Indica was sent off very, very early, which just opened them up in the back. The fact that they walked away with a 4-2 result, and I think it this should have been even tighter. They cost the a massive chance to make it 4-3, and who knows what would have happened after that. They can't help themselves. They always play attack, attack, attack football. And with one man down, that just leaves them wide open. So I think that they actually, the circ- regarding the circumstances, that's a fantastic result for them because... I can see Frankfurt score three, four goals. I, s- I saw them do it against Shakhtar Donetsk, and I think Shakhtar Donetsk are no worse than Pinto. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. And um, I saw them do that at home. They beat Shakhtar Donetsk at home 4-1. That would be enough. 2-0 would be enough. 3-1 would be enough. You know, they can, they have a ton of goals in them. Now, the downside is, of course, the way that they play football is always full throttle. Heavy metal, full throttle football. You know, I know this term is often used with Jurgen Klopp. They play that way. Now, if you play with 10 men in the Europa League on Thursday, that full throttle football, I saw the match today, um... They were fantastic the first 45 minutes against Augsburg. And then Augsburg scored one goal. And then you could see in the second half, the, it's just the steam kind of ran out, you know. Because if you play 120% with 10 players, you're going to feel that. And I think that, that that's basically what happened. And I think they're going to be just fine. And I think they're going to have a very good fighting chance against Benfica on Thursday. I'm not saying they're going through because, of course, you know, this is still a very difficult tie, but I think they still actually have a very good fighting chance simply because I don't think Benfica is going to get a red card and a penalty awarded to them within 10 minutes of the of the game. Well, that's it. They've got two away goals, don't they? So, you know, they are giving themselves a good chance in Europe. Um, match day, I suppose we'll have to see how they bounce back from this. They'll be playing on the Monday night against a Wolfsburg. Uh, Chris, uh, let's touch a little bit on the teams that are, well, I suppose possibly in the Champions League battling spot, but also the European spots as well in in Hoffenheim. Obviously had a great result this weekend. Werner Bremen uh, managed another one. Uh, and Bayer Leverkusen. Um, which of those do you see ever getting into Europe or into the Champions League spot, if if it's even possible for them at, at this stage. Well, I, I'm pretty sure um, that Frankfurt have got the, the 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 skill and the players and 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 the ethos around the club at the moment to to get that fourth start. Um, although Gladbach have won, I still think they're like one, two, skip a few. You don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, but if we're looking at fifth and sixth, I definitely think Hoffenheim will be in there and. 
you know, a really good result today, which has come at a cost, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about very soon. It's come as a massive cost to one person in particular at Hertha Berlin. Um, but yeah, and I said this the other week, that Julian Nagelsmann won't want to leave Hoffenheim with them outside of the European places because it won't be a good legacy for him personally. I think he'll want to leave Hoffenheim with something notable and he's already done that, but you know, you're only as good as your last victory in football in inverted commas. And for him to leave by saving the club from relegation, then get them into Europe, then get them in, you know, get them into a champions league playoff, then get them into champions league group stage. I think for them to leave, uh, for him to leave without them having European football might just sour the taste in his own mouth. I don't think it will when history looks back in 10 years' time. I think Nagelsmann will be remembered as almost a godlike creature at Hoffenheim for what he did for them. But I think for his own personal benefit, he'll want to to, to guide them there. And you know, Werder Bremen and Bayer Leverkusen are doing very well. Um, Wolfsburg's um, defeat, I think, maybe takes them out a bit, although they're locked on points, 45 same as by Leverkusen, Bremen on 46, Hoffenheim on 57. Uh, sorry, on 47. I can see Hoffenheim catching um, Gladbach. Um, and then and then it's a straight fright then between Gladbach, Werder and by Leverkusen for who finishes in that last slot. But going forward for next season, I don't know if Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, have got the ability to to play well in Europe next season. But they do have the... Um, the excellent position of having um, Rosa come in. So that might help them. But as it stands at the moment, I'm not 100% sure whether they can make it at the end of the season. Um, and then it could be Werder Bremen, but similar sort of scenarios we've seen before. Not that much European experience, especially of late. How would they fare in the Europa League is a big competition for everybody outside of England, certainly. It's looked upon as a decent competition. How would they fare? I think me personally, for the for German football to be as strong as it possibly could be in Europe, I think um, it would be Hoffenheim and or Gladbach um, and Leverkusen to get the to get that final spot or to even in fact take two spots. I think you'd need a team who can play well in Europe next season. And as I say, I think that's Hoffenheim, Gladbach under Rosa, maybe even Leverkusen under Bosch? Question mark. It, it's really interesting. All those teams that you named, Chris, every single one of them. All uh, uh, totally in transition right now. I mean, you mentioned Gladbach with Rose, Hoffenheimer getting a new coach. Um, Leverkusen, we don't know what's going to happen with them, right? Even further up the table, we don't know what's going on. There's a lot of transitions, maybes, question marks, and (sighs) makes it really hard to predict how this season is going to end. But it's also going to make it really hard to predict who's going to do what in the summer in terms of transfers, how strong are going, these teams going to be? It's really reflected of everyone in the Bundesliga. Everyone seems to be in transition at the moment, from the very top to the very bottom. And yes, as Chris has mentioned there, with the um, there's a bit of uh, news has come our way, uh, which um, yeah, comes from a very reliable source. Um, after the early kickoff game on Sunday, uh, we've seen um, obviously Hoffenheim beating. Um, Hertha Berlin 2-0 and now there's talk of a potential coach being relieved of his position at the end of the season in Hungarian 
Paul Dardai. Um, that's right, he's he's been in the position with Hertha Berlin since uh, February 2015, but um, recent times have not been too smooth for him. Um, that's five losses in a row in the league, or only one win in eight, and now there's talk saying that at the end of the season they could be looking for a new coach. Uh, Manu, are you surprised at all by this um, coming out, um, if true? No, you, you've been hearing um, that Preetz, the sporting director, and uh, Paul Dardai have not been in the best talking um, bar talking terms. Um, there's, of course, also the news of the stadium, problems with the stadium, the new stadium being constructed. So there is a lot of flux going on. The results have not been great. Um Chris and I were there at the end of last season when they got absolutely smashed by Leverkusen. And even then, sporting director Breitz was like, well, this was not a great year and we want to build on that and we want to improve and go back and fight for those European spots. And, you know, the result right now is 11th place with 35 points, which in a normal season, as we have already said in this podcast, would mean they would be currently fighting for staying in the league. You know, if this was a normal year, 35 points would be nowhere near enough to say, okay, we're safe. So they're going to be mid-table. Hasn't been a great year. So, you know, maybe sometimes it's a change is needed to shake things up a little bit because they are a club in a very exciting, young city, vibrant city. They um, are looking to build a new stadium. They're looking to be this hip club. And um, it's hard to be a hip club in a city like Berlin if you finish 11th. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not really where the club wants to be. Uh, Chris, what about your opinion? Do you, do you think it would be a right move if they could get in a, a new coach and possibly one that's going to have more exciting football and possibly can bring in some new exciting names as well? Well, that would be um, that would be the challenge for anyone that comes in. I mean, Paul Dardai has played some thrilling football. If you cast your mind back to earlier on in the season, um, they were epic when they tore apart Bayern Munich. Um, I've seen them play a couple of times and they've played really good football, especially with um, Gruwich in the middle. You know, their strikers are excellent as well. I was there um, in Dortmund when they played very well against Dortmund, came back and got a 2-2 draw. Um, so they have played good football at times. It's just they're very inconsistent. Um, and yeah, they always seem to take a pound in this time of the year. Man is quite right. Although it was Leverkusen was two seasons ago. Last season, it was Leipzig that battered them. So I think I think Manu... Hertha Berlin will be very happy if you go nowhere near their stadium for the last couple of games of the season because you seem to be a bit of a bad luck charm for them watching them get battered um, come the end of the season. But it's unsurprising um, that they would want to make this move for, for all the reasons that Manu said. You know, they want to be better than they are, um, which is currently 11th. They've got a really good fan base, a really strong fan base. And you look around the Olympic Stadium and you think, oh, it's a little bit empty. Well, that's because, you know, it holds as much as it does. I think it holds almost 90,000 people, which is why it gets final venues. It's why it holds the Champions League final. It's a massive, massive stadium. You know, there's there's teams at the very top, um, not just at the Bundesliga, but across all five top leagues in Europe who would struggle to fill 90,000 week in, week out. So that's why they need a smaller stadium. I think maybe thirty-five, forty-five, maybe thirty-five to forty-five thousand would be. It would be packed out for Hertha, and that maybe gives them the 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 push to finish higher up the table. But yeah, I think it's the inconsistently see that's come along with um, Dardai's football that will you know, ultimately cost him his job if that's going to be the case. I mean, 
his points per match is only 1.3, which isn't particularly good over 167. And Manu said it already. You know, we all we say it. The table doesn't lie, and unfortunately for Hertha Berlin, 11th place will be where they deserve this season. Don't forget, this is a team who's played European football um, for the past couple of years. So for them to be out of the Europa League completely would be a, a bit of a disaster for them. So it would be unsurprising should he um, be dismissed at the end of the end of this current season in well June, July time. And Chris is quite right. It was it was Leverkusen. I, I mixed my two last seasons into one. It was the same result twice. And uh, no worries, Hertha. The football grad trip is going to be to Cologne at the end of the season this year. So you're safe. <laughs> yeah, probably good news for them. They will be taking on Hanover next, which is probably good news uh, for the Hertha Berlin fans, to be honest. Um, so, guys, uh, let's talk about things um, further up the table in in the title race, really. We, we've talked about how close it is everywhere else in the entire table. And now it comes down to still one point. That seems uh, Bayern Munich still ahead with 67 points. With Dortmund trailing it with 66. Uh, Dortmund played the late kickoff game, uh, which seen them beat Mainz 2-1 on Saturday. Um, Chris... A very good 45 minutes for Dortmund. Uh, we've seen Sancho score two goals in 24 minutes. But then they came off the boil a little bit in the second half. Uh, well, what exactly happened here? Well, a dreadful second half. Um, Marco Royce said it. It was, you know, it was a terrible game of football, the second half. It was, well, it was um, squeaky bum time, I think Alex Ferguson called it, didn't he? Because, you know, the, the last parts of a match and towards that, I think there would have been Dortmund fans in the stadium wishing that there was a wall on the yellow wall so they could just peek over it because it was a hard watch. Um, And we're looking at Dortmund could have dropped points apart from a wonderful triple save by Berkey where where it's half the ball, more than half the ball is over the line. Um, You know, but the whole of the ball's got to be over the line for it to be a goal. So it's rightly no goal, but there's a great picture knocking about. I think it's on um, Manu's... Um, thoughts after the match. Um, Matt Marshall did a match report. Manu did the thoughts after that on sportstat.com. And, and the head picture is, you know, Berkey saving the ball. And it is, you're looking at inches or centimetres, sorry, for our friends in Europe. You're looking at centimetres away from being a 2-2. And had it been 2-2, I don't think Dortmund could have had any complaints. But as we've seen earlier on this season, it should have been 4 or 5 nil at half time, And it wasn't. Um, and it almost came back to bite Dortmund in their backside. Um, but yeah, it could be a defining point in the title race. We could get to match day 34 when they're at um, Gladbach. And if they're lifting the Meister Schaller, we could look back at that triple save as you know, a season-defining point. But it's too close to call. Somebody asked me, on, on Twitter this afternoon, you know, who, how do I think it's going to go? Not just in England, sorry, not just in Germany, but in England also. It is genuinely too close to call and you should just enjoy it now for what it is. And it's just a title fight. Don't think who's going to win. Just enjoy who wins um, if you can. Um, and and just enjoy the football for what it is because this is what we want. We want a title race. You know, we're, um, what, we're four match days left in total to go now. Um, and this is what football's all about. It's about who can take the pressure the most, who's going to buckle under the pressure, who can come back from being 1-0 down, 2-0 down, who can see out a 2-1 victory when they're getting battered and Dortmund passed that test. Um, it's going to be difficult for either side to to beat the other in, in the 
in the pursuit of the title now. So whoever wins it on match day 34, um, you know, on the 18th of May is going to deserve that title fully. And it's just been an exciting season. So my um, request is enjoy it, Bryce. Just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> Definitely. Chris, it's, it's been good, hasn't it? We, we have asked for a title race uh, for a few seasons now, and this is this definitely been the closest and the best one we've we've had really. Uh, one point in it with only a few games left. Uh, we couldn't ask for much more. Um, Manu, if if we talk a little bit about uh, Bayern, uh, they obviously won four one away to Fortuna uh, today, being Sunday. Um, they were very impressive, weren't, weren't they? Once again, um, a rather professional performance. Yeah, I I certainly thought so. Um, I thought they were they were very good. You know, they didn't they didn't show the wobbles that they showed six months ago when they uh, gave away a two 0 lead and a three two lead um, to Fortuna Düsseldorf, and um, only got a point at the Allianz. And uh, I think that they they saw this match out very well. Uh, at the same time, I think we have to also realize that Fortuna Düsseldorf may have celebrated a little bit last night because they found out that they safe right so um that puts everything in a completely different light you know you're playing a team that's basically five match days before the end of the season has reached its goal which is to stay in the league and no one no one thought Fortuna Düsseldorf would stay in this league right let alone do it with only 29 games played so um yeah I I would say that maybe maybe there was a bit too much albeit drunken um you know, and the fire wasn't just quite there because although Düsseldorf played really well, um, you did not really get that hate, the kind of atmosphere that you usually get when uh, Bayern play there. So a little bit of caveat on it. Um, the only the other thing is, and we need to talk about this, um, Manuel Neuer went off with another injury. It's not the metastasal from what I hear. It's a different injury. Yet that's going to be something that's going to hurt them. And Mats Hummels, um, hamstring injury. Now those are two injuries in the back, a defense that they just now managed to cobble back together and sort of get into a title-winning mode. That is going to miss potentially two very important players. And that's, I think, something, you know, looking down the title race, they're playing Werder Bremen next at home. That's something that could hurt them. Yeah, very much. So um, it's going to be a bit of a tricky one. Do you see... Um, Chris, um, the likes of the run-in with those two injuries, if they are as bad as what they possibly could be, you know, teams like RB Leipzig and Eintracht Frankfurt, you know, those last two games really impacting uh, the title race. Yeah, I do, and those are two massive, um, you know, two massive members of their side. Um, Neuer has been in a lot better form of recent, and he's been culpable for a few goals, but. On the whole, he allows Bayern to play a little bit more on the front foot than um, Ulreich does. And Ulreich's made a few mistakes when he's, when he's come in um, on occasion. Um, in fact, I don't. the last time I covered Bayern was at Freiburg, and I think he's leaked every game he's played so far this season. So not a good sign for Bayern. And yeah, it might just come down to those last couple of games, um, which will be match days 33 and 34, which is Leipzig away for Bayern. Um, and of course, then Frankfurt at home, which could be very um, you know, touching cloth moment for the Bavarians. But if we're talking about title races, it, Dortmund have now got, I think, maybe their hardest two games coming up. They've got Freiburg away, which Christian strikes an epic coach, works out the top teams, plays to his team's strength, 
We saw that against Bayern the other week, getting a 1-1 draw, um, which allowed Dortmund to take charge in the title race for a little bit until they went up against Bayern in the Allianz. Um, and then they play in uh, then they play Schalke in a massive local derby. Schalke will be doing everything they can to try and derail um, Dortmund's title charge. But on the same note, Dortmund will be doing everything they can to try and give Schalke a nervous end to the season. Um, so for, for Dortmund, I think those two games are key um, in the next two match days. I think for Bayern, it will go down to the to the last two match days for them. Even if Dortmund make mistakes, I still think there's a mistake or two available in the last two games for Bayern. Um, so I think they do think this one's going to go all the way down to the wire, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a rather entertaining one, isn't it? Still lots of big games to be played, uh, five games left. So um, that means that we will see Bayern Munich on match day 30 at home on the Saturday, taking on Werner Bremen, while on Sunday, uh, Borussia Dortmund will be away to Freiburg, who have lost their last two games. No games on the uh, Friday night, as it's Easter coming up, but we will have a lovely Monday night game. We know how much uh, the German fans, and obviously us as well, seem to really enjoy that, eh? But, um, yeah, uh, Chris, uh, you've got a flight um, rather early, I believe, or a bit of travel. Is is that correct? Uh, yes, I have. Um, well, it's Sunday at the moment, as we record this. Monday morning, I've got a nice early flight to um, Lisbon, where I've got a, a nice relaxing evening in Lisbon before travelling over by train to Porto the next day. Um, I'm at I'm at Porto for Liverpool against Porto for football grad, so we'll see how Jurgen Klopp gets on. Can he take Liverpool into their back-to-back Champions League semi-finals? Can he take them all the way this season into the final? Can he even finally win a trophy for Liverpool? Um, and you know, I think he's going to go down as one of the best managers they've had, but for us on a German aspect, it's going to be thrilling if, if Klopp can win either the Premier League or the Champions League or whisper it very quietly, both. Yeah, good Lord. Chris, you and I will be uh, holding our breath until that happens. Eh? Um, well, here's hoping it happens. Um, Manu, um, what about you? Have you got any travel in the next few days? Uh, what are you going to be reporting on? We know that Football Grad is always very busy. Yeah, so by the time this podcast is out, Andrew Flint... It's already finished his uh, Manchester United Champions League preview, so that will be out, and the other Champions League previews are going to follow up with that. We are also going to have um, Matt Marshall at the Bundesliga 2 game on Monday. Um, Köln against Hamburg, Puh, big promotion promotion clash, so that game will be covered, the preview will be out as well. And um, yeah, um, not so much travel for me, just in Vancouver on Wednesday doing the um, Whitecaps against LAFC game. And then uh, getting ready slowly but surely to head back over to Germany, you know, for the end of the Bundesliga season. Really, really excited to do that uh, once again. Um, trying to hit the Ruhr area this time um, with a bunch of games in that area of the world. And then, of course, the all the, the final matches um, that we usually cover um, in May. So slowly but surely gearing up for that price. Yes, indeed. Amazing times. Manchester United are still in the Champions League. Yeah, that's wow. the biggest news, really. That. <laughs> yeah, wow. Unbelievable. 
April 1st? No, it's not. Okay, never mind. Um, but the bigger news, I suppose, is that Cologne, yeah, will be taking on Hamburg on Monday night. Eh? That is a very big game between first and second. Um, yeah, it'll be a, an interesting one. And if you can tune into that, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, but that more or less does it for this week on the Cake and Present podcast. Uh, until next week, have obviously a fantastic Easter. Enjoy the midweek European games. And we'll be back before you know it after that Monday night game. I've been your host, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at BryceDunn11. And until then, I'll be there soon. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb sein Lied. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.